0: Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome back to Josh Hammer, special guest from the Daily Wire.
1: Always happy to be here.
0: Uh, All right, Pat, what is the top story today?
1: Oh, There's been a miracle. A man has given birth to a a baby. The baby didn't survive. (laughs) But as you might expect, if a a man gave birth to it, Um, (laughs) but uh, a man did give birth to a
2: baby. So we'll get into it huh. in a few minutes.
0: Yeah. Okay, I can't pretty wait to news. hear how that's... Yeah, it's pretty big. All right, how that's possible. Jason.
2: Mm-hmm. Top story is something that I have to cl- clarify and clean up from yesterday. You said that, it, it accurately said it was my birthday, but I am not 58 years old. Um, I am <laughs> so 41. I just had to put that out there because I was getting tweets saying, Happy 58! I was like, no! Mm-hmm. No! Fake news. <laughs> Fake news! <laughs> Started by how our own did that Sarah. make you feel, Jason? <laughs> old. Uh, th-
0: that, that, that I could thing. be
2: mistaken for 58. <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, That's ridiculous. That's
0: that's insane.
1: (laughs) Man, that's like old. Like dead old. Like, I mean, have you even probably totally decayed by now? 58.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Um, um, top story uh, is the immigration uh, overhaul is supposed to come out possibly uh, today. We have a few, uh, we have a few highlights or the kind of the bulk and what it's going to center around. Is it anything different? Is it anything new? Is it anything even beneficial? Let's talk you through it.
0: All right, Josh.
3: Yeah. So top story, dominating the new cycle, is this Alabama pro-life legislation. So let's go a little more in depth on that. Talk about some ramifications of it, and we'll just talk about it.
0: All right. Oh, I can't wait to get into all of those. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. So, if you are in the market for you know refinancing loan, whatever it is, um, these are the people that you want to go to. Glenn, before the uh, the 2008 crash, he would not do business with any financial companies. Um, you know, they came to them. They came to him, American Financing, and they said, "Can we please do business with you?" He said, "I don't trust any of you guys. Come back to me after the crash." If you're still around, and they said, "Oh, okay," and they were still around, and they did come back to him, and they said, "We're we're doing fine because we do business the right way, so uh, you know we're we're good, we're solid," and um, so they they don't have um, commission based employees there; they they're, they're, they're salary based, so they're not working to find you a deal that's going to get them the best kickback from uh, you know the banks they're in it for you they want to help you they want to get you the best deal possible and they want it to be something that you're you know you're going to be able to follow through with and not go bankrupt. So um, if you are in the market, you can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. So Pat, I am really interested to hear, Mm. um, it sounds like a scientific miracle. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Junior.
1: Right? (laughs) Was it Junior or was it Twins?
0: Twins, whatever it was. Whatever, yeah. That anyway, one where he had a baby.
1: Yeah. So this guy shows up, and he's got abdominal pains. And uh, he, he really doesn't feel good. And so they start to treat him. And he says, look, I've got really bad cramping, and I, I, I don't know what's going on. So the nurse didn't do much because she just figured that, I guess he'd stopped taking some kind of medication that was making it better. And then he took some, uh, he usually takes high blood pressure medication, but he hadn't that day. So they thought it was something related to that. Mm-hmm. Well, because they treated it as a non-emergency, and he was pregnant, uh, he gave birth right out there in, in the waiting area. And he was surprised, because, you know, men don't normally get uh, pregnant. Yeah. They were surprised, because, same reason. He gave birth? Uh, he gave birth to a, yeah, but the, like the baby, a, sadly. Like an
2: alien? Like, <laughs> comes,
0: like no? I'm how trying he, to figure out how that did even he works. Come, what did the baby... <laughs>
1: The baby, the baby Well, it, it came out of his you know vagina. Um, so
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's a trans man. and um, but he identifies as a man, oh. and so they were treating him as a man, and he oh, claimed gosh. to be a man. Gosh. Oh my gosh. And so obviously the medical personnel learned a little something there, like,, um, hey, you know what, when men come in here. We can't assume they're not pregnant. So we, <laughs> rather than learning the real lesson from this, that hey, that's a biological woman, <laughs> oh. you might
2: want to check into that. This um, this is going to cause some really interesting questions yes. when they get you have to fill yes, out the paperwork. The, the paperwork at the hospitals yeah. that Art, does bring
0: up yeah. a really really good conversation. Is doesn't we, it? Yeah. What what should they be asking them?
1: What should they be asking? And can we stop with the madness? The thing to learn here is to. Let's not deny science and biology. The, the person was a biological woman. Men cannot give birth to anyone. And, but in the New England Journal of Medicine, they actually wrote... I'm going to see if I can find the uh, quote really quickly because it's astounding. Uh, he was rightly classified as a man. <laughs>
0: um, <coughs>
1: what? I'm sorry? But that class- classification threw us off from considering his actual me- medical needs. So I wonder
0: was, why. I
1: <laughs> yeah. can't
3: imagine
0: Maybe why. Because he wasn't <laughs> rightly classified.
1: Right. Hmm. Instead, they say he was. Even the New-, New England Journal of Medicine is now denying science. I I don't understand how we can't figure this out and get back to reality. It- it's so important to the left and to this trans movement that they be treated as what they scientifically aren't Mm -hmm. and just what they identify as. And people are going to die. Well, this baby died as a result of it.
0: Um, I mean, it does speak to the distrust that we should have in our medical community, Josh, that we've got a lot of doctors who are apparently are more interested about being politically correct than they are, mm. you know, science.
3: Yeah, no, totally. I, I remember in 2014, Dr. Paul McHugh, who is this extremely renowned physician who helps chair of Johns Hopkins University's psychiatric wing, he wrote this op in the Wall Street Journal against sex reassignment surgery, whatever they're calling it these days, and he just got tons of scorn thrown upon him from the national medical community. He kind of became somewhat of a pariah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the medical community, much like the scientific community, and this, this, this kind of ties into a lot of conservatives' criticisms of the kind of global warming cottage industry, right, is that they're on the federal dole, they're taking National Institute for Health funding, they're going to be biased towards their results. So things like this, I think, just inculcate a certain distrust of conservatives of the medical profession, and honestly, not wrongly, but we saw something very similar here actually just this week. One of my friends sent me a link. It was some leftist site. It was like Salon or Box or something like that. They were discussing the Alabama abortion law. Mm-hmm. And the lengths to which leftist journalists and writers have to go these days to avoid saying that only women are affected by pro-life regime is really fascinating. Like every, everywhere in this article where it would say women will be affected, it would say humans with uteri will be affected. <laughs> or oh like, God. yeah, like uterus-clad <laughs> persons um, wow. like, that is literally the compromise that the feminists now have to make with the transgender movement. It's crazy.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh, Jason, you want to jump in?
2: Uh, I, I'm kind of nope. speechless on this. <laughs> I, I really am, but it's it's absolutely ridiculous that when the politics of something so... Uh, some An issue that represents such a small percentage of people mm-hmm. is now... Actually, affecting the the well being of of people because they're 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 giving in to the politics of this. Yeah. it's it's affecting how people. You know, it literally is affecting life and death.
0: Speaking of uh, the well being of people, um, I I saw this article that that you mentioned, Pat, and and then I saw what a, an hour later um, a video of good friend of the show. Desmond is amazing. The 11 uh, year old drag kid that we discuss, you know, at length. He goes on the Today Show. He goes on Good Morning America. He prances around. He goes to gay bars and gets uh, dollar bills thrown at him by adult gay men as he dances provocatively in front of them. Sounds healthy. Yes. Very, couldn't lead to any sort of, you know, mental issues later on. Uh, then I saw a video of him doing this what has this world come to it's come to a world where drag kids actually exist
2: and people do ketamine on a couch
1: wait what
0: um, so what you just <sighs> saw there was the 11 year old drag kid snorting ketamine which is a originally was a horse tranquilizer and is now used uh, as a you know for sedation for you know chronic pain uh, for depression but I don't Believe it's supposed to be snorted. Why would the
1: 11-year-old be using it? You have to wonder.
0: Well, you do have to wonder because I thought that he, mm. his, this whole drag, you know, persona that he has taken on, was made because, him happy. Right. That he's supposed to be who he is, mm-hmm. and this is how he's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. So you do have to wonder: Was this prescribed to him? Is this really how he is supposed to be uh, taking this medication? Who is this drag queen behind him? Is she his caretaker? I mean, you want to talk about well-being of people? You know how far down we've gone. These are doctors that are like, yeah, this is totally normal. You should let your kid do this. So the medication. This is the ramification.
2: Ketamine is for. We were looking this up earlier. Is for treating uh, depression.
0: It's one of. That's one of the uses. Yeah.
2: But I've I've heard of people just. I I know that this is ridiculously. Uh, you know, used uh, you know by, by people that are into other drugs right. as well, right. illegally. Right. So I can't imagine why. Uh, an 11 year old would have this legally like it's hard enough we were just talking before about how if you have a, a, ch- a small child it's hard enough getting them vaccinated on certain things like flu shots and stuff like other certain age that you can't do it uh, or like even stuff like the Tylenol it's hard to give uh you know uh, um, kids that are a y- younger age you those careful. types of medications you have to be very very careful but ketamine up the nose Amazing. at 11 dare we bring up <laughs> this kid's Parents and, yeah, and child protective service, jail. where are you
3: at? Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, they, they came and investigated a while ago, and CPS said, eh, it's are fine."
2: Now, now, if those same if those same parents, if they would they would have gotten caught saying that they were denying letting him be who he wants to be, mm-hmm. where dress up like a right. woman, CPS would be mm-hmm. all over them at that point. That's literally that's literally over that's happening in
3: Canada, in Ontario, Canada. Yes. They passed like a bill like two years ago in twenty seventeen that literally says CPS. You go in if the parent will not affirm the child's preferred identity.
0: What really, really wow. pisses yeah. me off about this whole situation is you can tell just by looking at him, like he is going to have severe problems. I would not be surprised if he was not, he did not live past the age of twenty one. I mean, imagine how screwed up he's going to be in the head. He's about to hit puberty. You know, he's a what, no, what, sir, 13? no, sir, he's happy this way. Yeah, he's this very is, clearly <laughs> happy. Look at that. Let him live That's his truth. That's the epitome of, right, right, <laughs> the epitome of happiness right there.
1: Yeah, don't let him live real truth. Let him live his truth, whatever that is. And, and let, uh, you know, Kesara Sera, whatever will be, will be. That's where we are now. It's, I mean, it's nuts. We're completely upside down. And I think we're endangering. Kids like this we're endangering transgenders what's mm-hmm. what's good for them is not what's happening right now mm-hmm. uh, we can't allow people to just say okay today I identify as a woman and then when they walk into an emergency room um, you know they've got male issues and you think they're a woman or vice versa as in the case of the pregnant man uh, how is that healthy for anybody that's not working for anyone mm. it used to be the the right that was always accused of being science deniers
0: Interesting Look how the tables
1: continually denying science now.
0: Yep. Tables have completely turned uh, on that one. All right. Immigration reform when we come back.
1: There's no need for that. For immigration reform.
0: Uh, before we move on, I want to thank our sponsor, Cruise Through History. So Imagine, if you will, uh, you know, you're sailing the Mediterranean on a ship full of passengers who share your thirst for history and for love of country. You've got gourmet Italian food and really great nightlife, relaxing poolside on the deck. All right. Does this sound like it's up your alley? Okay. Well, you don't have to just imagine that. You can actually live it uh, on the cruise through history taking place next spring. You're going to go back in time to the foundations of our faith, our freedom, and human progress. You can sail on uh, Costa Luminosa out of Venice, Italy. There are four different options. So in a nutshell, you will begin in Venice, and then you will sail on the eastern Mediterranean. You'll visit Croatia, Greece, and Israel. So of course, you know, there you can walk where Jesus and the prophets walked uh, in the Holy Land, and you will be guided every step of the way. You will also be joined by Glenn, David Barton, uh, Rabbi Lappin, Stu, and Bill O'Reilly, who, I, I don't know. I'm kind of intimidated by Bill O'Reilly. I'm not <laughs> sure how I how I would feel about being on a cruise with him. I don't know. <laughs> He's
2: so tall. How does he even fit into kn- the... Uh, I know.
0: It'll be interesting. Maybe we will have a special cabin. <laughs> he'll have a special tall guy cabin. Uh, so if this all sounds interesting to you, and it should, because it's an amazing, amazing getaway, you can go to SailAway.com to learn more. That is comesailaway.com for all of the details all right jason immigration reform
2: so jared kushner's been working on this for a while um, i think he's been leading the charge on uh, just trying to get all the you know all the i's dotted and t's crossed for it um president trump is supposed to be unleashing this or parts of it i think today was what they were what they were saying mm-hmm. um but we kind of know like the bare bones of it like the big ticket items so some of them are kind of falling in line with some of his campaign promises uh he's going to scale back uh chain migration you know for families that's getting scaled back and that's, you know, giving uh, um, room for, like, more merit-based uh, immigration. So, like, uh, you know, more degrees, uh, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, the, the 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 education levels and the the pay scale for a lot of the immigrants that will be coming in will be a lot higher. Um, he's also throwing in uh, E-Verify. Uh, things like that are into it. Um, okay. So that's, that's the stuff you'll read in the New York Times. Now, I'm kind of irritated in parts of this um, if, 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 if it is as such. Now, I think it's great they're scaling back chain migration, things like that, more merit-based. I like that. The problem is I'm not seeing anything on a reduction, any kind of reduction levels of immigration. Now, immigration right now is at historic levels, um, absolute historic. Um, I've got a graph here on uh, what, uh, what immigration levels are like right now. Um, it's the 13.7%. Uh, this is legal, both legal and uh, illegal immigration. We're headed around 45 million immigrants in the country right now. Now we're nearing historic levels by, they're saying by 2020, uh, those levels will be at record pace. Jeez. Now I want to show you something this is, this is ridiculously, maybe just interesting to me, but it's, uh, it's, it's ridiculously interesting, regardless. Now, de- Democrats on the left have never cared about having immigration. They've never cared. They've never given a crap besides wanting to kick them out. That's what they all, they've always been about. If you look on the thing again, uh, right around 1913, it took a, a dramatic dive. If You want to guess who was president during 1913, If you watch this president or this network in Glenn, you know is Woodrow Wilson. Wilson. He started kicking yeah. the immigrants out like crazy. And, and rolling it back. It took another uh, dive again around 1933-ish to 1940. Um, that was FDR. Now these are the uh, Moseses of you know the progressive left. Absolute Moseses. They didn't want immigrants into this country. And that was the line uh, of thought for the entire party. It didn't change until, as you can see, dramatically around 1970. Now, can you guess who was president around the time and what was going on at the time? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham freaking Lincoln. (laughs) Okay. No. no, (laughs) Close. 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 (laughs) Um, Old LBJ and the great welfare state was created. Uh, The war against poverty. That's when all of a sudden they gave a crap about letting immigrants into this country and doing it at at a massive scale. Why? Because if you have more and more immigrants beholden to this, uh, this welfare state that they have, it builds it. It gets larger and larger and larger. The more immigrants you have coming in, whether it's illegal or legally, hey, who cares? The more you have th- that um, need to get um, onto this system, the better. They get more powerful. The system grows and grows and grows. We're on a trend now, as you can see, it goes all the way up. Tax revenue has never been higher. I just saw this article from The Wall Street Journal. Um, yeah, this one right here that this was from their editorial board. Now, this absolutely freaked me out. This was like actual journalism from a mainstream outlet. It was amazing. But they were like, hey, what some of the media is saying is that, um, you know, that we're not getting as much taxes in, you know, tax cuts are screens up. They're like, no, no, tax revenue has never been higher. It's never been higher. It's it's, go, it's 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 going up. But the problem is, is that our debt is our, our, our spending and our debt is skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, they were like, look, we've got to cut back on spending. Crazy thought here, you can't hear, You don't hear that from the GOP, you don't hear that from the Democrats, you hear that from nobody. We've gotta do something about cutting out on our debt. Entitlements are probably the biggest thing that, that's going on that. And if we continue to have record amounts of immigration, which is about a million people-ish, something like that, every year, this is going to, this will implode our country. We gotta do something, if, if you're not going to roll back spending, we can't let more immigrants in, you gotta scale back. Now, will that ever get passed in Congress? No. <laughs> They'll never get a deal done in Congress on that unless we get a supermajority. Somehow it won't get done. Mm-hmm. But just think about how this is going to go. With the, if we accept these levels, if the president doesn't scale that back, if we continue to spending like we're spending, and God forbid someone like a Bernie Sanders gets to become president, even Joe Biden with him wanting to you know, provide free uh, college you know, as one of his plans. Mm-hmm. Spending's going to go out the roof. Something's got to be done. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I think that you tied that up just perfectly. So let's move on to the uh, the Alabama the Alabama abortion law. Mm-hmm. You want to go more in-depth on that?
3: Yeah, let's go a little more in-depth on this. So people are talking how it's the strictest, most draconian abortion law in the country. And to be fair, it, it probably is the strictest pro-life law in the country. I mean, we're talking about a full ban with no exceptions except for the, the health or life of the mother, up to, no, up to 99 years in prison for, for an abortionist. I have personally, Sarah, just been really, really... Offend is not the right word, but just dis- distress by the invective that's thrown around on this issue over the past twenty-four, thirty-six hours. I don't think I've ever seen an instance, even within the context of abortion, where the two sides are just truly yelling past one another. And what I called for in a piece today, and Eric Erickson wrote this morning, is let's just let's just calm down a little bit. Okay, um, I think that the rhetoric and the tone of, the, of this conversation is increasingly just venomous and poisonous for the country. And I, I personally have unimpeachable pro-life credentials, Like I, I founded my pro-life chapter in law school. I have marched and Marches for Life. I, I, my stance on this issue is no secret. Mm-hmm. What I want to see my fellow pro-lifers do is just stop shouting, baby killer, baby killer, baby killer. And like, that's obviously like biologically accurate, okay? But the pro-life cause used to be in the post-Roe years and in, even more so actually in the 90s, really post-Planned Parenthood versus, versus Casey, it was focused on winning the culture war. We were focused on persuading and winning over hearts and minds. So what I call for my piece today and what I really would like to see, against all hope, the Twitter sphere and the public discourse get back to more generally, is more of that. Let's try to have empathy. We don't need to agree. We're going to strongly disagree. This issue tends to bring out some of the strongest, most fiery passions in all of us. But let's talk a little bit more about things like building and supporting pro-life crisis pregnancy centers. Let's let pregnant women know that we are there for them in their time of need. Churches, synagogues, mosques should do a better job on this front as well, for sure. Um, I, in my piece today, I talked a little bit about birth control policy. I, in my view, it is a travesty that oral contraceptives are run by the insurance cartel and Big Pharma. That should be over-the-counter, in my view. Yeah. Um, and that's going to disproportionately hurt lower-income women in states like Alabama. So what I would like to see is pro-life just broaden the conversation. Let's not just talk about banning abortion. I want to live in a country, too, where abortion is banned. I would like, personally like to see the Constitution amended to do so, actually. That's how pro-life I am. But let's just talk... Broader. Let's try to broaden the wheelhouse of what we're talking about. Let's let's try to calm down, be more civil, and let's just let pregnant women know that we're there for them, and that's how we'll win converts. I think.
0: Jason,
2: Whew, um, I completely agree with you. Um, I think there's we should be expanding and being more empathetic. Um, I did see something that um, Eric Erickson tweeted today that, and he had a piece today uh, on it. Or it was small. And I fundamentally disagree uh, with what he said. He said that um, he's willing to, he said he, the same thing, he said he's very pro-life, but he's willing to accept the exception for, uh, for rape, which I think is our entire problem. I think that once we got away from being very hardline on that, not to say that we shouldn't be, uh, still have still been empathetic, but that when we, when we caved on that, We let our values and principles kind of go out the window. How can you say that that's a human life? How can you say that it is worthy of being protected and that it is a human being? If you're not willing to say that, look, circumstance does not matter. There's awful circumstances out there. But if we can't say that, look, it doesn't matter. The circumstance doesn't matter. That is a human being and it's a life. Either is or it isn't. The moment when we say, oh, but there are exceptions, you're pro-choice.
0: But... I mean there is a there is something to be said for a little bit of empathy there, right? Absolutely. Because it sounds very uncaring for for you, yes. Jason Buttrell, you know, to go up to a, a woman who has just been raped and say Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care how you feel in this right. moment. Your feelings are not important. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I do think there is something to be said for the messaging of saying we are, we are not uncaring people. Right. Right. We're not uncaring. We are not, you know, we are empathetic right. to the situation. And I think that there's a, we need to show that in a certain way.
1: Especially since a lot of pro-life people think the choice comes at conception. Mm-hmm. You made that choice. Now you've got some consequences. Uh, mm-hmm. When that choice is taken from you. Right. In a viol- in an act of violence and, and criminal activity, uh, that's really hard to then say. Well, tough, uh, you got to carry that for nine months. Um, don't care how you feel about it, you know. And if we started with that exception, if we started with mother's life endangerment and the rape and incest thing, I, I think we win.
0: I agree.
1: I think we win. I, I and and that's a lot better than we have now. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go mm-hmm. toward that with the goal of all right? Then eventually. We'll get rid of that as well. But yeah, I, this well, would be a great start.
0: I know, I know, you probably have more to say on this. I will say we got to take a break, but I will say, did you guys see Alyssa Milano tweeted that she wished that uh, everyone would stop calling it the heartbeat bill and yes. call it the the cardiac, Ugh. the fetal cardiac, oh, whole activity I did not bill. See
3: like, absolutely ridiculous beyond beyond parody <laughs> It beyond-
0: really it's beyond parody it's not the onion you guys it really happened back in a minute
3: that is unbelievable it's
0: just like you just said cardiac
3: <laughs> right exactly <laughs> it's in the word cardiac <laughs>
0: All right, if you have not yet already, you can go to uh, YouTube, go to Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered. I had a new video drop this week uh, on feminists. There may be a pink wig involved. I don't know, you'll have to go look. Also a new video dropping tonight. So make sure that you go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a video. And uh, we've got overtime coming up next. I have got an amazing, amazing update on carolyn jones the woman who got the plug pulled on her by the texas 10-day rule got an awesome update on her next oh really
2: wow up next enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters available exclusively for podcast listeners and blaze tv subscribers not a subscriber start your free trial at BlazeTV.com.
0: shut up Jason. All right, so uh, we talked a little bit earlier this week about Carolyn Jones. She is in Houston. She, um, I believe she's in her late 50s, but she... Was another victim of the Texas rule. It's uh, it's the Texas Advanced Directives Act that is basically we call it the 10-day rule is kind of the nickname that says that hospitals are allowed to unplug your um, life-saving assistance, whether it's breathing assistance, life support machine, whatever it is. They are allowed to unplug for whatever reason they deem that care is considered futile. They've got an ethics ethics board that comes in and you know, meets and determines what, what they want to do. And they don't have to back up their reason for the, the family. And they give them 10 days. Mm. So they, they, all they have to do is tell them 10 days in advance, hey, in 10 days, we're going to pull the plug on your family member. We don't care that you know, they have asked To live. We don't care that they're conscious. We don't care that they're responsive. uh, responsive. Um, We don't care about any of that. We've actually just determined that this is uh, unnecessary, and we're going to pull the plug, and we just wanted to let you know. So um, there have Mm. been, yes, there have been some, you know, court cases over it. This is not the first time that this has happened, and it's been a big news story. I know in 2015, there was uh, Chris Dunn, who unfortunately did not make it through that, uh, you know, that catastrophe. However, They did pull the plug on Carolyn Jones. They went through it. They took her off of her breathing assistance, and they took her, they said, if she does not make it, or I'm sorry, if she continues to breathe on her own and to live past 24 hours, we will then stop her dialysis. So, I mean, they're just... Wow. Yes, they're just depriving this woman. They they
1: just want her dead. They're trying to kill her.
0: Yes, and in a very painful way.
1: Wow, no kidding.
0: Yeah, so um, she trucked along and trucked along, and they had had her unplugged for 60 hours for over two days with no breathing assistance, with no dialysis. Carolyn continued to live on her own until Texas Right to Life was able to get enough money to fund a private ambulance to take her to another facility where she is now being cared for at the other facility. Awesome. Yes. So, it just, I mean, isn't this a perfect example of... Who, like Who is this ethics board that gets to mm-hmm. determine whether or not someone can live or die? She just lived without any of their assistance for o- over two days. Unless 60 Jesus hours. is on the
1: board. Oh, uh, that's really wrong.
0: I that's don't really believe wrong. that he is. You don't think so? I don't think he is. Okay,
2: well, it's wrong then. <laughs> I gotta say it's wrong. So, so they tortured her for sixty hours. Yes. They. They. To- that's what. That's exactly what they did. Yes. This is absolutely insane. This is in Texas. For crying out loud. Yeah. It's in
0: Texas, and I will just throw in um, to that point that the hospital refused to resume dialysis even after there were a bunch of. People, like, they offered to privately pay. They said, we will fund, we will pay this money. We have it right here. We will pay for her to continue dialysis because that's that's so painful. What, what a way to go. And the hospital still refused to do it. Why? At that it point, make any sense. it doesn't
2: cost them anything. Mm-mm. That's absolutely insane. If you think it's bad now, wait until... God forbid Medicare for all, or something like yeah. that. Socialized healthcare. This is, i have uh, friends that are in the UK where they talk about just horror stories, absolute horror stories. Um, they're like basically, if you're, um, you know, it, basically if you're me. If you're a 40 plus uh, Caucasian male, 58 plus, and, and oh, nobody's that how old. dare you? Come on. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I mean, not that ancient. Ridiculous. They just killed them over there and sold <laughs> 15 plus. <laughs> um, but but actually, yeah, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're if you're someone that's 58, let's say, um, and you need a heart transplant, but there is, and you're, and you went in for it first, but then someone slides in, and they're a I don't know, 23 year old woman or whatever. Guess who's not getting the heart, mm-hmm. even though you were you need it you know before her you came in before you guess who's not getting it the 58 year old man that's just the way it works over there yeah. there is a scale and if you're not as important to this person then you don't get it
0: i mean i do think that it does play into the the pro life conversation that that we were having totally. earlier is that you know we the culture has shifted so much that it's like we don't we don't value life anymore we think mm. that well i mean she's old and she had a stroke and it's taking her a really long time to recover and As a hospital, we don't really want to have to, like, pay for all of this. We don't really think that they're ever going to pay the bills, right? Because, I mean, that is making an assumption. Because when someone goes in um, to have life-saving treatment, you don't bill them at the start of it. They don't come in on an ambulance and you're like, well, that'll be $100,000 because we assume you're going to be here for, you know, 10 days or whatever it is. You get billed later. So that's making an assumption whether or not someone is going to be able to have the money to pay afterward. And I think that that's a huge part of the problem.
3: Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, this whole situation kind of just crystallizes what Sarah Palin once called death panels, right? Um, I mean, this ethics board. And
0: everyone laughed at her.
3: Everyone laughed at her. But you know what? She was pretty prescient on that one. But Conservatives tend to overuse the term or- Orwellian sometimes. This is truly Orwellian. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. The hospital will not accept private funding yeah. to keep this woman fighting for her life alive. But Jason had the key point. In so many respects, the U.S. is only 10 to 15 years behind Europe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We have literally seen this in Europe. Yes. Not just Charlie Gard. Multiple of, times. Yeah, multiple times. Like not, yeah. but, but, but it's not just like Britain. Like, there's been a couple of s- stories like Charlie Gard in Britain. But the low countries, Belgium, the Netherlands, this is like the law of the land over there. Mm-hmm. In the Netherlands, if you're like a depressed teenager... And you say like I want to go, you're done.
0: That's insane. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: And like unless we rediscover the culture of life that we were just discovering, I truly fear that's where we're headed.
0: Ah. All right. Uh, let's talk about something a little bit more uplifting. Although I did start that conversation, I will say, with a really uplifting story. <laughs>
3: sorry, sorry, Sarah. Sorry to bring you down. You're, t- you're
0: taking the place of Glenn here, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Doom and Gloom. Uh, all right. So let's talk 2020, the Democrats, the circus that is the uh, the Democratic uh, presidential uh, nominees. So let's see. We've got Bill De Blasio who has officially launched his twenty twenty campaign he's he has put his hat in the ring i want to get your thoughts on that josh
3: so i'm actually a native of the new york area my brother lives in new york city now Literally I'm no, I, I know, I, I, feel, I feel bad for him too, but liter- literally no New Yorker who is saying that I'm aware of takes Bill de Blasio seriously. Yeah. He is a punchline for the tabloids. He is a fundamentally unserious person. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he, he is literally the joke that conservatives use to kind of paint a caricature of what a leftist clown looks like. So, <laughs> uh, he. I, I mean... What, Kirsten Gillibrand is in this race already? I mean, as far as, like, New Yorkers, neither, right. them, neither of them are getting any traction. de Blasio is just a white dude. He has no intersectionality cred, unless he, like, point. comes out as, like, gay tomorrow gay. or something, right? That's, yeah. that's a great It's point. probably his best chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Jason, what do you think? I,
2: yeah, I, 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 I just saw today, once, once some of this come out, that uh, they had, like, the police union was uh, doing a protest against him. I mean, literally. Oh, that's
0: right. That people the,
2: his own, nor, his own people don't even like him. So yeah. I don't even understand how he thinks that he's got a shot going forward with the country liking him for crying out loud.
1: Pat, I'm excited about the 20th communist getting into the race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty great because we got a full variety from uh, revolutionary communist all the way to just like a normal democratic <laughs> communist. It's pretty cool. Uh,
0: and then we've got Elizabeth Warren who has decided to boycott Fox News. Mm. Um, Let's see. She said, I've done 57 media avails and 131 interviews, taking over 1,100 questions from press just since January. Fox News is welcome to come to my events, just like any other outlet. But Fox News Town Hall adds money to the hate for-profit machine to which I say hard pass. I'm sure one of her interns told her to use that <laughs> phrase because Elizabeth Warren does not know what hard pass means.
2: Oh my gosh, but, Sarah, the media is under attack. I've right? never seen the media under attack right? as much as now. The Hate First Amendment profit? is done. right Hate
0: for profit.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: I mean, it's amazing. And then so uh, Kamala Harris apparently jumped onto that bandwagon and um, she decided that she also was going to boycott fox news what courage yeah thank yeah. you that's yeah. the new the new hot, <laughs> I mean, the new hot woke thing to so do so against their base. The yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. their base the new wokeness what is their base going to do in response to this i mean it's
0: I, it's interesting because i seem to recall always seeing cnn and msnbc Um, throw complete hate at the president literally 24 hours a day, even when there are more important stories going on. Venezuela's burning to the ground. And they're like, can Mm -hmm. you believe the president tweeted good morning? (laughs) I can't believe it. I think we should impeach him. (laughs)
1: That's
0: really what's happening.
1: And if this was Trump boycotting MSNBC or CNN, it'd be everywhere. It'd be the only thing they'd talk about, what a coward he is and how he's... Hampering our free press and all of those things, but they get a complete pass. Yes. Nobody cares.
0: Yeah, and uh, and then we've got good old Robert Francis O'Rourke, who has not learned anything um, from any of the previous videos that he has done online. You know, he live streamed his dentist appointment. He, you know, does all sorts of weird stuff. Even though he's polling at like what four percent tops. Yeah, uh, here was his latest. Watch. All
1: right, In viewable. Yep. Okay. Hey everybody, we're at Chema's in El Paso, uh, getting a haircut after, after being on the road for uh, almost two weeks. We were in uh, New York, New Hampshire, Minnesota, Iowa, Dallas, Fort Worth, and then actually last night we were in Houston
0: before we flew into El Paso. But now back at home, uh, started out the day with a great run with Artemis. Uh, down Oregon around Utah, then back home, and then uh, everyone in the house agreed it was time for a
1: haircut. So we're here <laughs> with Manuel at you the look. best barber shop in El Paso. This is why you get the haircut. Look at that,
0: man. It's pressing issues right here.
2: Yeah.
0: Everybody needs a, that a little bit every day. Nice. I highly
2: recommend Chema's.
0: How awkward is oh, that? Oh, so, so, bad. so he skateboarded through a Whataburger. That didn't get him anywhere. He live streamed, like I said earlier, his dental exam. That didn't get him anywhere.
1: And didn't he notice that's about when his crash started, too? Yes. Was the dental thing and the I'm going to drive around the country and find myself find stuff. Myself, yeah. That didn't even resonate with Democrats. So <laughs> you know you're in trouble when your midlife crisis isn't resonating with Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he can't pick up on
2: that. I think I I really think he overstated his chances on this or his or just his appeal. But like when you get record amounts of money, you know, in the state of Texas, Mm
0: it does things to your ego.
2: Yeah, it does things to your ego. Um, But then when you can't beat what's probably considered what one of the most hated Republicans uh, in the Senate. Yeah, you're probably not going to fare too well once you go to the national stage. Robert Francis problem, in my view is he
3: cannot come across as less sincere if he tried. Yeah. <laughs> I think back to his campaign launch video, and I think we discussed this like last month or whenever he launched, his wife is sitting next to him and is so transparently <laughs> not believing a word that he is saying.
0: She really, <laughs> and she is so not into it either. Yeah, she's the, just like, oh. God,
1: exactly. It looked it like she had it. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's been taken captive so long now that she actually kind of likes it, but she's also afraid still. Right. Well,
0: you saw his hands going everywhere. She probably, yeah, she was scared that he was going to smack her in the face. <laughs> I would be, too. She probably got a couple black eyes from that. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll, which 2020 Democrat will be the first to drop out? 38% of you, the winner, Eric Swalwell. Oh, wow. Woo-woo. 26% said Gillibrand, 22% said Klobuchar. <laughs> 14% said uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Wow. Yeah, he, and I think that that's true. I think that he should drop out, but
2: no, he's, he's not going to. His no. ego won't let him. I, I, think, I think we said Jill Brand. I'm still sticking yes. to that. I, I think Swalwell's got way too big of an ego. And Swalwell,
0: way, Swalwell knew he didn't have a chance. That's not why he did it.
2: Exactly, yeah. He's, he's got aspirations later on down the line. But, yeah, he's, he's not dropping. I think I see him riding that all the way to...
1: Everybody follow. sticks it out till the first debate anyway, yeah. I think. Yeah, And then, you know, there might be some winnowing after that.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see. Yeah. I just remember um, how chaotic it was for us in, you know, the debates in 2015 and all of that.
1: 17. Right. Of 23.
0: I mean, what are those even going to wow. look like? It's going to be a marathon mm-hmm. on, on television. How are we even going to be able to watch it? Yeah. Everyone out there, you should feel bad for us because we're the ones who actually have to, to watch. watch it <laughs> and report back to you what happened. You don't have to watch it. You just can watch the highlights. We have to actually watch that whole thing. It's, we should get paid hazard pay for that.
2: What's funny is, like, Biden literally just, if I was b- uh, advising Biden, and say, don't say a dang thing.
0: Yeah. Just let oh, them yes.
2: out-socialist each other. Yes. Yeah. And then just sit back and watch them. Yes. And then he literally won't have to say anything and cruise right on into the, uh, into the nomination. I, th- I think he's going to cruise into the nomination. The real thing is, it's going to be pay-per-view uh, billeting just to watch yeah. the Trump versus Biden Biden and debate. Trump. That gonna be, that, now, that's going to be fun. You actually probably could do pay-per-view for that.
0: I mean, it's fun maybe if you don't think about the fact that the whole country is going to go down the toilet. Other than that minor detail, sure, it's fun. Well, I mean, yeah,
2: but it'll be fun. It'll be funny, at least. I mean, they might have, a, they might be the first fist fight on a uh, on
0: debate. Oh, stage. good. Oh, oh. man. Well, oh, what does that say about our country? Fist <laughs> fights on stage. That's where we've come. Awesome, America. Great job. All right, today's poll. Should there be exceptions in pro life bills for cases of what we were talking about earlier rape or incest? Um, I think Jason has not moved his (laughs) position at all on this. You don't want to find any common ground.
2: uh, On that, we can
0: find common ground and stop. You know, they can stop saying no. They should get it up until birth. We can at least find the common ground to meet there.
2: So I have a hard principle that I'm going to stick to: is that if you can, if you concede, then you're saying that it's not a human being; it's not a life. And I cannot concede on that. It's that. That is the basis for my principle there. But I will say that we do need a better job, uh, like Mr. Hammer said, that we should, we should be more empathetic on it. We should not just say that. We should say this, which is we, we have to appeal to the heart in some way. But we can't, in my opinion, we can't concede on our values of that as a human life. And it must be protected at all costs.
0: All right, I know everyone has uh, really strong opinions about this particular debate. So let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Josh, thanks again for joining us. Always
3: happy to be here, it's sir. Always
0: a pleasure to have you. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
1: Yeah. That was like
2: so.